welcome to the JLD Entertainment Podcast with me, Jacqueline Lee Elliott. I'm excited to have you here today. Today's episode, we have Katie Manning, who I've known for a really long time. We actually think it's 10 years. It's almost 10 years. So I've worked with Katie. I've had the pleasure of mentoring Katie over the years and watching her transition from dancing in Australian sport to dancing in the NBA. So this is a story about how she got there and where she's at now, now that she's back on home soil. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy. So Katie, welcome to the show today. It's so great to have you part of this new series that we are creating. Um, We've known each other for quite a long time. We've just realized it's pretty much 10 years. So that's huge. We've experienced a lot of great things together. I want to dive straight in. You're a professional dancer as well as a choreographer. And tell me a bit more about your dance background and where it all started for you. Um, So I started dancing when I was three years old and I started in the most fundamental one, ballet, of course. Um, So been dancing since I was three um, in the Blue Mountains, which is where I grew up and still live currently. So trained in the Blue Mountains under the direction of Carla Morgan. Um, I continued training all through the mountains. And then when I was in year 11 and 12, I actually trained at Newtown Performing Arts. Um, So I finished my high school certificate there at Newtown. I then went on to do full-time at Brent Street Full-Time Studios, where I received my Cert 5 in Performing Arts. And yeah, that's pretty much where all of my training was. So Blue Mountains, through to Newtown, and then uh, onto Brent Street. So literally just danced ever since I could almost walk pretty much and haven't stopped. And always wanted to be a dancer. Yes, yes. Always, always wanted to be a dancer. Uh, my original dream was actually um, to be on a cruise line or the Moulin Rouge. So that was actually my original dream. Went to many, many auditions and always made it to the very, very final round, but never, you know, booked the gig, unfortunately. But that's okay. I'm someone who I always wanted to look back on my life. I never wanted to say, oh, I wish I had have done that. Oh, what would have happened if I had have done that? I could have done that. I should have done that. I just never wanted to look back and look at my life like that. I really wanted to attack it and go, no, no, you tried. Like you look back because you can always get up. You get knocked down. You can always get back up. And I just always wanted to give myself the as many opportunities and chances as possible. But dance has definitely always been a part of my life, and I hope it continues to always be a part. Yeah, and it sounds like it will be. What are some of the gigs, professional gigs, that really stand out to you that you did for? moving overseas so as I said dancing for a very long time um I performed for nine years in the NRL um so I've had nine years experience in the NRL and two years experience in the NBL before I moved overseas um I've also performed at uh the live NRL footy show and also pre-recorded that they've then popped on their show I've performed at the women's state of origin halftime I performed in NRL grand final I performed on the Carrie Ann show can you believe it back back in the day Ooh, the so did show. I love that <laughs> Um, so yeah, back in the Carrie Ann show, um, performed at Home Nightclub, danced at Carnival, the Australian Hair Expo, the Charity Winter Ball at Star City, Stevie Wright and the Easy Beats Tribute Show Dancer, a Sharks Gala. So many, many different things um, in and around Sydney. 
you uh, you also teach competitive teams here in Sydney and are involved in a lot of competitions. What are some of your favourite styles of teaching and what do you look forward to mostly when you're going into these comps with your teams? I love teaching, absolutely love it. I actually never wanted to be a teacher, funny enough, um, like teach and choreograph. I just wanted to dance myself. Um, and then I got offered a job. I was just teaching one night a week and I just, lo and behold, ended up falling in love with it. Um, so I truly love my my students and love competitions. Like, I'm not going to lie, I'm a competitive person. I think we all are deep down in some way, shape or form um, because it's, I know it's fun. Like, it's, mm. yeah, like I'm not, I'm not aggressive competitive, but I am competitive. So I love competitions and I hate it when you go to a comp and there's only like my team. I'm like, oh why can't there be like seven? Like, yeah. and I know that it's stressful and it puts pressure on you when there's seven, but I'd so much rather have that competition and, you know, earn your stripes, I guess they could say. Um, but love, love competitions. Um, my favorite part is just watching my students perform on the comp floor. Um, even though I just said I'm competitive, I don't care if they win. I really don't. I much, much more look forward to watching them shine on the stage um, I love watching them compete. I love watching their passion shine through. I like watching my choreography come to life as well. That's a really exciting time at a competition. And I love the feeling that they have when they run off and they're really excited. And, you know, they might run over to me and give me a massive cuddle because they're proud of what they did. And I'm really proud of them. Um, so watching them is definitely, it's, that's my trophy. Yeah. The actual trophy and the placings, even though like it's exciting. And of course it's fun to win. It's yes, it's fun, but the trophy for me is actually watching them perform. I just love it. I love the adrenaline rush. Um, it's awesome. My favorite, my favorite styles, hundred percent pom. Yeah. I love pom. I love making shapes and patterns and group work and cannon work um, with the poms because there's so many pictures you can make just with these little like fluffy things on the end of your hand. Um, so pom is definitely a favorite of mine. I do really love uh, cheer as well, though. So like my competitive um, cheer style that has the tumble, the jumps, the stunting, the dance. Um, so pom and cheer would probably be my two most favourites. Very, very close after that would be jazz. Yeah. Awesome. You travelled overseas with me uh, around yeah. my second year of heading over to teach at the Choreography Pros Convention. Um, huge trips for both of us. Tell me about, because this kind of changed your life and we'll get into that, um, but what was the experience like heading over into a, an NBA NFL college convention um, for pro teams? What was the experience like for your first year and why did you want to travel initially? And then we'll get into how this kind of opened up many doors for you. So what was your experience yeah, like that first year? Um, well, first of all, as you said, um, you invited me over there uh, as your assistant. Um, it was your second year at Choreography Pros teaching there um, and my first year assisting you. And I was stoked. I was so excited. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Like you had like briefed me and explained like what it involved. But at the same time, like anything really, you don't sort of know what to expect until you actually like live it. Um, but I was just excited to be inundated and surrounded by NFL, NBA, IFL, even university teams, um, just dancers being surrounded by that 
that um, like-minded people energy. Yes, yes. Everyone has the same passion. We don't have that here in Australia. Don't get me wrong. You can go to dance conventions, but it is generally um, like, it's like sort of studio based and studios go. You can be a freelance dancer or choreographer and go to it, but it's just not the same as what choreography pros can offer you because you are surrounded by everyone in the pro league or everyone in the college university league, which is what in America, you finish high school, you dance in your high school team, you go to college or university, you dance in your college team, and then you go to a pro team. Like it's just a bit different here in Australia. So I was stoked to be surrounded by the like-minded people, like you said, and the talent. I was very nervous on my first day just because everyone knew you and it was like, oh, the Aussies, oh, the Aussies. And, um, but everyone was so lovely. And the energy in the room for the whole weekend was just incredible. Just mm-hmm. everyone lifting each other up, everyone loving each other, inspiring each other, telling people to keep going like, you know, because they were long days. They were very, Huge very long days. days. Um, you had so much Corey running through your mind. You were physically exhausted. You were mentally exhausted, but everyone just wanted to boost you up. It was not nothing competitive about it. So it was incredible. Um, I learned so much as a dancer. I learned so much even just mentally about myself. Um, I met so many incredible people, that being choreographers, coaches of NBA and NFL teams, dancers from professional teams, um, yeah, it was just, it was incredible. And I I felt like I was keeping up, put it that way. I yeah. felt like I was keeping up. Before I had feedback from people, I thought I was keeping up. And I thought, wow, I'm keeping up with the NBA, the NFL. Like, because there's so, we have a lot of dancers here in Australia, but there are so many in the States. And it's a much more competitive field over there because there's so many of them. Mm. Um, and then you know, choreographers were coming up to you, choreographers were coming up to myself saying, hey, is your girl auditioning? She could, she'd get hired on the spot. And you and I was like, sorry, what? I know. Wasn't that just such a moment for us? I was actually making some notes last night thinking about that because like initially you were coming over to assist me and then you were like, oh, but there's some classes that I can take. And, you know, that's what assistants do. Everyone takes everyone's class because, you know, we need to film it and move on to the next. And you were like, oh, I might do Oscars. I, I think I remember Oscars. And this was when I came yeah. sat in on the class. And we were so jet lagged as well. So we were very emotional and tired. <laughs> but I just remember watching you that first day at the convention and you were soaking it all in. I've written some notes. But you're picking things up really quickly. And people were like, hey, your Aussies in that class, go and have a go and watch her. So I, that's when I went and sat down and watched you. And you were asking all the right questions at all the right times. And you're being put in right in the center, right in the front row, and you're keeping up. And it was very foreign for both of us because we both hadn't been put in this position before. And I just remember sitting there going, oh my God, she is killing it. And then I just remember thinking to myself, she could totally audition for a team. And then I was like, she's going to audition for a team. This is actually going to change her life this weekend. And it did. And you performed it. Cut to, we went and sat down in hotel restaurant. And I was like, how was that? And you were like, oh my God, that was amazing. And we had some back and forth banter. And then I said, "I, I told you I got so much great feedback about you and that so many people said, 
she should audition for a team team. It's very hard for us to audition as Aussies for a team over there, which we'll get into. But I remember just being so proud of you. And we just had this moment where we both burst into tears. (laughs) We couldn't even hold ourselves together because I was like, you can totally do this. And we both just went, oh my gosh, this could totally happen. And we had this beautiful moment and there were so many teams walking past us at lunch. We were just a mess. We were just like tears. I couldn't even look at people. I couldn't even look at you, but I was so, I was so proud one. And then two, I was just so, it was like an aha moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what Katie's going to do. And then this kind of just catapulted you into the future right? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I I feel like we had that conversation and I, I had never considered it before going to the convention. I never considered it. And then the convention happened. We had our chat and I thought to myself, Oh, okay. okay, Maybe like, yeah, maybe this could be a thing. Um, Yeah. yeah, 100%. So you decided maybe I'm going to audition for the MBA when did you know and how did you make the decision to audition for the Nuggets? Um, so I have to admit that the coach of the Demon Nuggets, Amy Jo Johnson, was definitely um, a major part in me making my decision. Um, as I said, did the convention, got the feedback, you and I had our chat and it was like, oh my God, okay, this could be a thing. Like, why not? Like, give it your best shot. You never know. Back onto my like... Um, you know, my quote of life, don't look back and say, oh, I could have done this. I should have, what would have happened if, no if. So um, I actually took one of her classes at the very, I think it was the very end of the convention. It was like the second day, second last class, exhaustion. And Amy Jo taught this palm routine um, to the song Tricky. And I just loved her energy. I really, really loved her energy of the class. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. There, her and yourself have a lot of similarities and you being my coach at many um, NRL and NBL dance teams, I had worked under you and other professional gigs as well. And you are, you expect big things and you expect things to be done, you know, the right way on time, things like that. And I love that. I love structure. I love, um, say the word hardcore. Um, Cause you know, it's not like we can, I just remember this one time we had this water break. And we literally got to our drink bottles. We had a sip of water. And then you're like, okay, let's go. I was like, oh, God. Okay, yep, yep. And you <laughs> know taste, what I mean? Like that's, taste that's, of water. Yeah, like, but that's the pace you need to work at. Like, what's the point in having a water break for 25 minutes? Like, you get cold. You forget the choreography. You're having a chat. You're checking your phone. You're doing everything that you shouldn't be. You're at rehearsals. Get the job done. Um, and AJ was very similar. Like, yeah, okay, we were at a convention. But she gave us this water break and um, I went and had my water. I toffled straight back. Um, There was me and like maybe four or five other girls. And she came up to us and she's like, very interesting to see who's sitting on their phones and who's lost interest. And like all these other dance teams were like on their phone, having a chat. And I just remember going, oh God. But you know, like you two had very much, very similarities with that. And so I liked her energy uh, because of that. And because of making the decision to audition for the MBA, I started researching all the teams, um, in particular the Nuggets, just because I, you know, vibe with AJ so much. But I did investigate like different cities and different teams because in the state, in not even just the NBA, but just in general, every dance team has a different style. Miami Heat are just 
so crunk and ghetto. Like you rock up to their auditions and you're in like, you know, ripped, ripped crop tops. You're in like tight little shorts, high tops. It's, um, it's very, very like hood style, hip hop based, everything like that. You go to the New York City um, sky dancers and they are like Broadway. They dance in um, show heels. It's like jazzy, kick line, very, very, very showgirl, which, you know, makes sense because you've obviously got the Radio City Rockets in New York as well. Um, but then you go to the Brooklyn Nets in mm. New York as well. And even they're like, they're sort of like right in between Miami and New York. They're like hip hop, but they're not as crunk as Miami. Um, so, you know, everywhere is different. And um, I can do hip hop. I can, you know, can dance hip hop, but it's definitely not my predominant style. Um, so I, you know, continued researching, looking at where they were located. Um, and I just fell in love with the Nuggets. They do pom, jazz and hip hop, um, all styles that I absolutely love and I feel confident doing. Uh, my partner and I, uh, we decided to go on a holiday in the April of 2018. Um, so you and I were at the convention in 2017, um, Actually, I remember even saying to AJ on the last day, I was like, hi, I just wanted to let you know that I'm thinking of coming back to audition for your team next year. And she's like, are you sure you can't come next weekend? And you and I were like, what? (laughs) I know, I know. And, you know, if I had had everything prepared, I probably would have, but I didn't know anything about it and I didn't want to go in like blind. Mm. Um, I was honoured with the compliment, but uh, Justin and I ended up going on a holiday in April to check out the city because I had made my decision. It was definitely the Nuggets, but we wanted to check it out and get a little bit of a understanding of the city and what would happen when I go to audition. And we loved it. Uh, Colorado is just beautiful. It does remind me of the Blue Mountains quite a lot, which I think is why I connected with it. Uh, it's got the most stunning, stunning mountains and outlook. It's got a really nice city as well. And the city is not crowded. It's nothing like LA or New York. It's just so, it's like spread out almost. Um, And everyone was just so lovely. And I was like, yep, bring on July. Let's go. Let's Um, go. Yeah. So then went to, got everything sorted somewhat. Um, (laughs) It's a a long, it's a long process. Um, it's a long process to even just get to the audition. The, the audition is the easiest part. Don't get me wrong, it's really hard, but it's, it's the easiest part in the process of an Australian trying to dance overseas. Yeah. You had a massive visa process, which all Aussies would go through, and that would be one of the many hurdles. But you cut to, we, you finally get there. You are auditioning for the 2021 season. No. What season was it? Uh, 1920. The first first year I auditioned was the 18-19 season. Um, Made it that year, but my visa just didn't, um, the process of it didn't happen in time for the season. So Mm -hmm. auditioned for my first year, I was successful, but I never got to go and fulfill my season because of the extended period of time that it takes you to get your visa. Unfortunately, it didn't come through in time. So I just kept working hard and um, ended up auditioning for the 1920 season and was successful again. That's right. So walk us through that audition process that you went through with the Nuggets. What were the sessions like? Just talk us through that kind of audition um, schedule. Yeah, uh, the audition process was very intense. Um, you 
arrived at about like 9am on the first day, um, went for about a week and a half, like the whole entire process. But uh, you arrived about 9am on the first day early, like before arrival time. Um, (laughs) Always. um, uh, You did your own sort of warm up, you checked in, got your number. And then they brought you onto the floor, they did a warm up with you, they did a bit of an introduction. There was about uh, nine people on the panel, about nine to 10 people on the panel, um, which was a lot. Um, uh, We learned a combination. Uh, We danced it in a massive group and then they broke us up into smaller groups according to our numbers. We performed it and they made a cut. So just after that first little section, then we learned another section. And after that, it's like learning that section we performed it in small groups and then had to do an improvisation across the floor. We just lined up in one long line and you had four sets of eight to show what you had to the judges. And then after that, they did an interview process where yourself and three other girls were in the room and then they did a cut after that. So the second section of the audition really cut things down because they were checking that first combo, checking what you could bring to the table as an individual with your dance ability and then having an interview. It sort of, the interview revolved around what you could bring to the team, what you think. I remember a girl sitting next to me who was a veteran and she got asked um, why why she should come back. So every person got asked a different question, but it was definitely based around the dance team and what you could provide to it and what you think you would bring to the table. Uh, when they did that, they announced the 31 semi-finalists. So there was, I think over 200 girls at the audition and they cut it down to 31 finalists. We then went into a week long of training camp. So we trained three nights a week for three hours. We cleaned our day one audition piece. We learned a hip hop and cleaned it. We learned a technical jazz and cleaned it. Throughout the week, we had to choreograph and prepare our own solo that went for a minute, costume included. Uh, we also through the week had to attend a photo shoot where we got to put on the uniform. That was like the best feeling ever. It's like kind of like a little teaser though, because you, you get to put the costume on. You're like, oh, oh like I it's can almost do real. this. But then, yeah, yeah. But then like, it's not real until you actually get announced. Um, so yeah, we do a photo shoot uh, with the uniform on. And then we were also told to wear like a white, white outfit, like dress or top and pants. And you also went through a one-on-one interview. I say one-on-one, it was yourself with the nine judges. <laughs> so nine-on-one. <laughs> Intimidating. Um, which was general for me personally in my interview. It was much more of a conversation between the judges and myself. I was very nervous both years for my interview. But as you sort of spoke to the girls throughout the week, it's like, oh my God, how did your interview go? And some girls were asked just completely different questions to yourself. Like some girls were asked um, about the team's history, about the coach, about the players, um, about the past season, about what the future season looks like. Some girls were asked, why are you coming back? What do you think you can bring to the table? What do you do outside of the Nuggets? A few of my questions were, what's the difference between the professional dance teams in Australia compared to America? Why did you choose the Nuggets? Um, the interview process is, it, don't get me wrong, it's very intimidating, but I honestly think it's so important because you are, you are not just a performer. You are a part of the company, the brand, 
and everything that it stands for, why would you sit at a basketball game if you don't know what that ref is calling on our player halfway through the game? You need yeah. to know what's going on. You need to know players' names. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's like all just very, very important. So, yep, we had interviews and then we had our final day, which was a very, very long day. You arrived, check in again. You got a new number because there was only 31 of us, of course. Um, you warmed yourself up. You practiced your solo uh, as our number got called, we performed our solo first. Then we were told what groups we would perform our hip hop, our jazz, um, and our technical piece in. So, say I was like number um, 15, I wouldn't necessarily dance with 13, 14, 15, and 16. I might dance with like 1, 3, 7, and 21. Um, and they, they, mixed you up according to your height, according to whether you're a veteran or a rookie, sometimes even your hair color. Uh, so you were sort of, you actually danced with different people every single time, which was a little crazy as well. So we performed all of those. We also did uh, a technical piece across the floor, kicks, turns, leaps. Um, they went and deliberated for a very long time. <laughs> and then they came back and uh, announced our team. I remember the first year I auditioned, I just remember looking down at my feet before they called my name, not knowing obviously, and just saying to myself, as much as I wanted it, I wanted it so bad. But the first year I just remember saying, you've done all you can. Whatever happens, happens. You're proud of yourself. And I was, I had given it my all. I had nothing and nothing left in the tank. I had done all I could and I just, I was very proud. Um, when they called my number the first year, obviously I was very overwhelmed. The second year, I was trying to tell myself the same thing. However, during the audition process, I had pulled um, and torn my inner groin muscle. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I was in excruciating pain and I I danced through it, of course. <laughs> I, I wanted the gigs so bad. I just danced through it. Um, and I remember just being in pain going you can do it like you have I still felt like I'd given it my all but at the same time I felt like it wasn't enough because of how injured I was Mm. um but I said this will mean more to you this second year because I was coming back my visa had been approved my visa had been processed everything like that um and I was like you you've done everything that you can and so when they called my name the second time, I think it was a much bigger, overwhelming feel- feeling because when you achieve something once, like the chase to achieve something or get somewhere in life is hard. But some, I actually feel like to keep it up is harder. Like to totally. stay on top is harder. So I was just like, what if I, what if I don't? Like I made it the first year and yeah, but they called, they called my name and I just burst into tears. Instantly I was, so happy, so relieved. Such a relief. It was just awesome. Yeah. I remember finding out also because I was stuck, like just refreshing social media because that's, you had stopped messages because you, I think the yeah. judges were del- chatting. You were updating me. You're like, oh my God, my groin. Anyway, constantly talking and then nothing, radio silence. And, and then we just had to keep refreshing the Nuggets page. And then <laughs> I had stopped looking for maybe a minute and one of the other dancers from Sydney text me straight away she's in and I was a mess I was an absolute mess I remember Mitch just 
probably trying to hug me because I was so overwhelmed and proud of you. It was awesome. It was like all of these Aussie dancers that were following this journey were, we were just so proud because you had gone through it to get there. Oh, yeah. And it's such a process just, you know, even trying to work in another country. So that was awesome. We were just so super proud of you. You move into preseason with the Nuggets, but you are back and you're learning in Oz before you return back for the season. Is that right? Yeah. So um, with the with the process of the visa, um, basically from the moment I started to the moment I actually got it, it was an 18-month um, process. So like it took me a year and a half. While I was over there auditioning, I got an email from my lawyer who was um, dealing with everything. And she told me that my visa had been approved. So I got an email receiving that. I told, um, like I let the Nuggets know um, because that was a big thing. I, I wouldn't have been able to dance there if I didn't have a visa. Uh, however, my lawyer explained to me, you, you now need to go to the US Embassy, the Australian consulate in Sydney and get it stamped. And there was a four month wait period just to get an interview. And that was literally just to go, this is your yes, this is your passport on your way. Uh, my lawyer explained to me that Katie, even though your visa has been approved, if they decide at your interview at the consulate that they don't want to stamp you, they can do that. And I was like, far out. Far out. But I ended up, I booked an appointment as soon as I got home and then um, paid extra money to get it expedited. So the girls started training on the 5th of August. Auditions were July. They started training on the 5th of August. And I got there, I think it was mid-September because I, yeah, I was there for like part of September. So I wasn't there for the start of training, um, but had my interview, got it approved and was on like the next plane out of here. But because of that, the girls were training. Yes, I had to learn. I think I learned 15 routines um, off our uh, like YouTube Nuggets account. So the girls would go to training three nights a week for three hours. And they learned pretty much two routines a night and also cleaned one. They also then started learning their sideline combos, which is what we would perform during timeout. And so I learned 15 full routines on off my laptop in my bedroom. Wow. <laughs> um, and I learned, I think at that point we had, the girls had done about six sideline combos. So I had also learned that as well. Um, it was really challenging. I am not going to lie. Some of them were filmed from the back. Some of them were filmed from the front. So the ones that were filmed for the, from the front, I'd put my laptop on the floor in the reflection of the mirror so it would turn around. It was really hard. I'm not going to lie, but I'm so proud of myself for yeah. nailing that. Like yeah. that, that's it's, a challenge. It's not easy. Uh, I think, look, I think a lot of dancers in our current predicament because New South Wales especially uh, is going through such a major, major lockdown and no one's training in a studio. I do feel like the current dancers of right now and the younger generation that I've been teaching at my studio for the last um, 10 weeks, I reckon they're going to now learning stuff off of the oh, computer absolutely. and online, I think. But back when I had to do it, it was definitely a challenge. Um, and then when I got there, I had to learn all the cleans and then I kept learning um, it was full on. There is no denying about it. It was full on, but it was great. It was a challenge and I love a challenge. Yeah. And you nailed it. So let's move into game day, right? So training's over. 
we're heading into the season. The season's massive, 82 games in an NBA season, 41 of which are home games, excluding the playoffs. So you you are busy. What does a game day look like um, stepping into that day? But game days are huge. They are very, very, very full on. You arrive to game day about three hours, three to four hours prior to tip off. You have a court rehearsal for however long your coach wants you to have lunch. If you nail your routines, you might be there for 45 minutes. If you are not looking good, you could be there for two hours. Um, so, yeah, you have your court practice. We practice all of our routines. We practice our um, starting fives, which is when the game opens. We practice our timeouts, our hot timeouts, all our different formations. Um, yeah, it's, it's full on. Uh, at our uh, stadium, what used to be called Pepsi Centre, but it's now Ball Arena, it's attached to Breckenridge Brewery, which is a, um, exactly that's a brewery, so has food and drink. And they provided us dinner every every game day, dinner or lunch, depending on the time. So once we finished rehearsal, we would go and get our food. We'd sit in our change room and have a little chat and catch up and have our food. And then we would finalize getting ready. Um, some girls would do court practice with no hair and makeup done. And some girls would. It just depends, I guess. Like everyone gets ready at a different pace. I personally had to have my makeup on. I just could not. I, yeah, I had to have my makeup on. Hair I fixed up after rehearsals and then I touched up my makeup. But yeah, after you ate, you touched up and then you got ready to go to doors. So we would go to doors would open an hour before the game would tip off. We would be sectioned off into different areas of the arena and we'd go to doors and we'd meet and greet fans, have photos, sign autographs. Um, that was really fun. I loved interacting with all the different fans. I especially loved it if I ever recognized an Aussie accent. It didn't happen heaps. I think it happened maybe like five times in all of my games. But I remember like every time I heard one, I'd be like, hi, are you from <laughs> Australia? And they're like, are you? And I don't think I picked up an accent at all while I was there but I don't think my Aussie accent remained quite as strong. And some of the girls told me that when I ended up having some of my, like my mom and Justin came to visit, they were like, oh, your like your mum's accent is so strong compared to yours. So obviously like dwindled, but I really loved like seeing Aussies. I think they were shocked to see me, but I was shocked to see them because yeah. I personally, until I went to the Nuggets, I, I honestly hadn't ever thought about holidaying in Denver or Colorado I'd heard of it but it's not your LA it's not New York it's not your San Francisco which here in Australia they're like some of the main cities we hear about and they're like your holiday destinations I guess but Colorado is one of the most incredible places I have ever been and yeah it was just yeah so when I heard people like hey like what are you doing here um, loved meeting all the Nuggets fans too, though, all of the little girls who, you know, look up and aspire to be like us. I love, I love meeting new people. So I love Doors. After Doors, we would go and set up. Um, so we'd go back to the change room. AJ would brief us on their complete game day. We'd have a whiteboard from tip off all the way through to the finish of game. Every minute was clocked on um, and every quarter had its own thing. So it was sectioned off in quarters. You had to remember every single part of it. The good thing was at halftime, you could review the second half. So quarter three and quarter four. But in general, you still had to know what was going on. So within a game, we had about three costume changes. 
Uh, we would go onto the court once game tipped off, starting five. We'd go onto carpets, which was just behind the rings. We'd cheer on the fans, cheer on the Nuggets until the Nuggets got the first basket. We'd sit in our, it was called a VOM, and we'd sit in our bombs and we would cheer and do arm things during the game. If we were performing at first quarter time, we would have to leave at a certain time on the clock, run round to VOM 1. So if you're in VOM 4 or VOM 3, you are legging it. Girl, you are running. And like, I mean, like around the arena, um, dodging everyone. You rehearse in VOM 1 and then you are on the court. And because you don't know when a timeout is going to be called, uh, you could be mid practice in that VOM and they call the timeout, you are on. Yeah. And you had to be on the court efficiently, ready to go. So, yeah, we'd perform. And then later on in the game, like quarter three, you'd perform timeouts because that's when the game starts to get quite heated and the and the coaches will call a lot more timeouts. And then quarter four was usually hot timeouts. So that just means like they sort of essentially haven't prepared what's happening in that timeout. And the girl in front of you, like your leader, says, okay, we're doing Ashley's sideline in, in triangle. And it's like, right. That's what it is. You can't sort of like rehearse for that. You just have to know what you're doing and you have to listen to your headline girl. Um, throughout the game, you would also have to go to promos. So if they were doing a TVC on the big screen, if they wanted you to meet a sponsor who was up in the corporate boxes, yep, you were running around doing all of that. As I said, three costume changes. And then at the end of the game, we would always stay on the court, win or lose um, until the arena was almost empty. And then, yeah, we'd go and finish our thing. We'd do a game day brief, what worked, what went well, what didn't. And yeah, and a game can go for like general about three hours, but can sometimes go for a little bit longer. So you're at that arena for seven to like six to seven hours. Massive days. That day. Yeah, Massive. huge. And it's nonstop. Nonstop. What was a highlight that you can remember? at one of the games where you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. This is oh, real life. Definitely my first game. Um, my first game definitely hit hard. I, <clears throat> Justin was there, which was um, the best. I messaged him after court practice and I was getting changed into my first costume and I messaged him and I was like, this is really happening. <laughs> and he's like, it is. Uh, I had dreamed of it for so long, especially with the hurdle that I had had the 12 months prior auditioning being accepted and not being able to go. So that was definitely a moment, but then standing side court under the basket right before we went on, um, right before uh, even the American anthem was sung, I just remember standing and looking at the girls going, okay, I'm, I am one of them. <laughs> and I looked up at the arena and I was like, this is not Sydney. This is like, this is it. This, this is the NBA. I was looking at the players. There were so many little but major things that were just like, you, you've done it, Katie. Like you've made it. I had tears in my eyes. I didn't let them fall, <laughs> but I had tears in my eyes. And then I ran on the court. And as we were doing our starting five intros, um, I had tears in my eyes then too. I don't think you could have wiped the smile off my face. I think my face hurt for about a week after that. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I had actually, actually done it. It was, 
just the best feeling. So one of my go-to things was definitely my Tarte eyeshadow palette. Um, I used In Bloom and Toasted. I just feel like it always gave my eyes a really nice warm tone, warm color. Um, doesn't move. Once it's on, doesn't move. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, my favorite makeup setting spray is definitely the Urban Decay All Nighter. I never felt like, like with all the sweat, as you mentioned, that happened, I just never felt like it came off. Um, definitely one of my absolute go-tos. And my Kat Von D foundation. Kat Von D foundation, it is, it's quite thick, I will admit. And obviously in the current circumstances, like everyone wants that light foundation, that light BB cream. With stage makeup, you can't always get away with that, unfortunately. Sometimes you do need that like thicker style, but the Kat Von D foundation, it's that little bit thicker, but it just never budged. Like <laughs> once it was on, it was not moving. She's not coming off. You're in the middle of the season. COVID's creeping in as well. How far into the season did you get before COVID was really rearing its face and restrictions were being brought in? How far into the season did you get before things had to go behind closed doors? So I actually remember in the February, um, we were at a game and I heard a lot of fans like talking about this COVID thing. Like, I feel like it had been spoken about and we had heard about it, but it was still yeah, it hadn't come to surface just yet. It was just kind of like spoken about. And then to be honest, on the 3rd of March uh, at a game, I actually tripped on a security chair that was in the wrong place at the where it, it just shouldn't have been where it was. I tripped um, and felt a pop in my ankle. I ended up um, tearing the ligament in my ankle at a game and I couldn't fulfill my duty for the rest of that game. And my mom and my dad and Justin were at that game. They had just oh, come to surprise right. me. They saw me at one prior game that they had seen. And then this was the next one. And it was like four, four or five days after that, that we got told to keep an eye on things because the NBA may be postponed. So I was in recovery. I was still going to training, but I wasn't able to dance at that point. But I was, we were, we, we were basically told we are not guaranteed our next game. That's, that's what we were told. We were not guaranteed our next game. And then within like another five to 10 days, we were told that the NBA was postponed indefinitely because of COVID. And it, it, it's almost like it just blew up. I feel like there wasn't like a slow stepping stone process. It just, it just blew up right in our faces. Yeah. So I was there. My mum was still there. Uh, Justin and dad had flown home, but my mum was still there with me. And, Thank goodness. What a time. Yeah, thank, oh my goodness. I, I think I would have struggled a lot more emotionally and mentally if my mum hadn't have been there. But I just remember contacting my lawyer and saying, hey, what am I supposed to do? Like, I, what, what do I do? The announcements in Australia were like that if you weren't in Australia by this certain point, you won't be let back in. They were cancelling flights. Mum and I were freaking out. Uh, we ended up having to, my, my lawyer suggested for me to go home um she said Katie you can't work in the states you can't work back in Australia either at the moment with what's going on but she's like you're going to be better off being back in your home country so she told me we booked emergency flights not going to explain how much that was because it oh was really expensive um mum and I made it home the day before hotel quarantine came into play so 
we were able to do our 14 day quarantine at home. Um, but it was just a whirlwind uh, because I wasn't prepared for my NBA season to be over. And so that was March and playoffs were in April. Yeah. So we were literally, I think we had six games left of the regular season. That was it. Six games of the regular season left and April would have been playoffs. And we, we had made playoffs. So I would have been able to experience playoffs and everything like that. And it was heartbreaking. Do not get me wrong. I am someone who always looks at the positive side of life. And the positive thing is, is I did live my dream. Mm. I, and I lived it up. I have no regrets whatsoever. It was just still gut-wrenching that the, the decision had been taken away from me as to whether I wanted to stay and do another season or not. Um, Cause you know, like I had apartment rent, I had, I had so many bills and different things. And if I wasn't working, how was I supposed to afford it? Like there was, yeah. there was no leeway. Um, so yeah, unfortunately had to come home, but at the same time I came home to being safe, healthy family and friends. Um, and I really, I truly have no regrets, truly have no regrets. The day before mom and I left, we went for a walk and we were at the outside of the arena and I looked up at the arena and bawled my eyes out, like just bawled my eyes out. But I remember looking at it going, I, I just, I seriously have no regrets. I just lived it up to the max I then cried again when we arrived in Sydney because I was like okay it's really over now <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like no. yeah, it's really over. um yeah but it was yeah so COVID really got in there and yeah ruined the end of it but uh doesn't change everything I got to experience no and like I said 41 games in a regular season home games like you did a lot like that's more oh, than oh my god a few seasons with NRL yeah, um, like you train three nights a week and you have games two to three nights a week. Like it, it, is, it is full on. Yeah. So, yeah, you definitely, I reckon, got a, a lot out of that season. And you're still in touch with AJ, um, your coach, and a lot of the girls as well and their beautiful yeah. friendship that you've made. And, hey, you'll be back over there. I'll totally, totally. So now you're back. Um the world has opened up again. Well, actually it hasn't as we speak, we're in week 12 of lockdown, but when sport and events opened back up again, you were offered the role as choreographer for Penrith Panthers, Pantherettes dance team, where you started your cheerleading Correct. career. So you did a bit of a full circle and you went on to choreograph for the season before the gates closed and they sent everyone to Queensland. However, yeah. You've moved into this new role as the choreographer. So how is that now, stepping into this kind of new role with all of that? You've had NRL, NBL, NBA experience. You've got all of this experience behind you. How was it stepping into this? Yeah, um, I was absolutely honoured when I got offered the position. Uh, as you said, complete full 360 because I started my NRL career with the Penrith Panthers back in 2010. Um, so, yes, a full 360 which is incredible I was honored excited ecstatic um yeah I, I was super super pumped and I loved the season that I did have with the girls um as you mentioned unfortunately since the doors closed and everything moved up to Queensland but yeah the girls work so hard I've got a really good great group of girls that I work with and I really um I love the challenge of creating new choreography every game day. Even though I'm a dance teacher and um, coach, especially with my comp teams, we will, the kids have a routine 
and then you keep cleaning it. You might make changes throughout the season, but the core composition of it stays exactly the same the whole way through. NRL and the performing of that, you need to have a new routine every single week, even if you have back-to-back games. Mm. And you had a very heavy first half of that season. Yeah, we did. We did. We actually, there was a, there was a stint there where we had three back-to-back games. There was a home game in Penrith. There was a, the next home game was in Bathurst. And then the following weekend was in Penrith again. Um, But I love the challenge of, yeah, trying to create new choreography every single week and challenging the girls too. Like Mm. I'm trying to challenge myself, but I'm trying to challenge the girls as well. Um, I did catch wind of some of the girls saying, oh my God, I love her Corey. It's, It's like so different. And they even feel like it was a little bit NBA like inspired and I was like yeah hectic like I love that so no I've I really enjoy the role of being like choreographer creator I like seeing my work come to life on the football field because the performance on the football field is completely different to on a stage Um, and then again it's completely different to an NBA court or NBL court like all different all different uh, areas and arenas and places your choreography looks different Mm. and I know for me personally in the NRL I try to make my routine face all angles. The stadium is 360 degrees. There is no front. There is no back. Everywhere is your front. And then everywhere is your back. So I try to make the girls face all different directions and challenge it. And I've loved it. It has been the best. I hope to stay on for next year uh, because, yeah, I just love love the position that I'm in yeah I think you're really thriving in this position and in this area so I'm really looking forward to watching and seeing what comes for next year when we're all back up and running and what would your advice be for any dancers wanting to head in the kind of direction that you went in pursuing a career in the NBA um I I just think you really need to stay true to yourself and believe in yourself if you if you don't believe in yourself and you don't stay true to yourself then you're unsure of what you're providing and what you're trying to give um every person including here but overseas everyone brings something different to the table which is what makes you your team and what to make which makes you your uniqueness so I would just 100% say stay true to yourself and believe in yourself I would also say don't give up and I'm a firm I I've lived it I have lived it by not giving up is it easy no it's hard yes it's hard but nothing worth having that quote nothing worth having comes easy so I would just definitely say don't give up keep pushing keep keep persisting be determined don't just don't let anything get in your way there may be hurdles and there may be obstacles but just don't give up along the way keep pushing to strive for excellence because what you get in the end of it is so, so, so worth it. And do your research is the other thing I would say. Um, like I said, back in 2017, I could have flown over to Denver that following weekend and auditioned for the Nuggets, but I wouldn't have had the correct shoes. I wouldn't have had the correct audition outfit. I wouldn't have had my resume ready. I wouldn't have had my um, visa application started and everything that I needed to get done. So yeah, it would have been an experience, but I also would have wasted time and money. Like you need to do your research and that includes the team style, um, the team location, the city, the audition outfits that you need to wear, the sort of choreography they do. Do your research, 
but that even that's even here in Australia like yes you yourself you are the choreographer of the NRL Flames and also the NRL um Cronulla Mermaids both those teams you have very different styles Mm. so you know someone auditioning for the Flames might actually be better suited to the Mermaids and vice versa um and then sometimes I tell them that yeah and then you know my choreography is going to be different again Manly Seabirds, Roosters, all of those other teams, they all have their own individual style exactly like the state. So definitely do your research. Don't just rock up and be like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Like I, I would just, yeah, do your research and be just honestly be yourself um, because no one can do it better than you. Yeah, I think that's great. Absolutely. You are your own superpower. Like no one yeah. can be you. So that's your superpower. Now that you're on the other side of things as a creative, what do you look forward? What do you look for? What's a good personality trait for a dancer to have if they're wanting to be part of a team and a squad, even here in Sydney? Um, Because I'm very, I'm big on attitude and dedication and being humble and a great person to work with. What are some personality traits that you look for when you're hiring and working with dancers? Um, I would definitely agree with everything that you've just said. The personality and the attitude would definitely be a big one for me. Um, Like don't walk into the rehearsals, Mopey. Don't get me wrong, we all have bad days. We all have bad days, we all have hard days and we're all going through our own personal struggles on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, 100%. But if you're there for a job, leave it at the door or come speak to me at the start and say, hey, I've had a really bad day, this, this, this and this has happened. And then I'm probably going to understand a bit more when you're not picking up the choreography or something like that. But attitude and personality is definitely a big one for me. Don't walk into my rehearsal room, mopey, mm. hating life. Like you're, you're there because you want to be there. At the end of the day, you rocked up to the audition. You wanted to do it. So sorry, yeah. but you made the decision. I know I might've chosen you or the judges might've chosen you, but at the end of the day, you rocked up to the audition. So you clearly wanted that gig. Um, so that's, that's a huge one for me um and definitely effort and attitude in terms of like picking up cory don't get me wrong some people pick up cory faster than others some people adapt and retain it really well as well so you might not be the most strongest dancer or performer right off the bat but you've got that cory snapshot yeah you know you can repeat it straight away but picking up choreography is definitely a big one for me because especially in the NRL when you do have the back-to-back games and even more so in the NBA, you have so many games, you need to pick up that Corey fast, you need to retain it. And if you know that you're someone that doesn't retain things easily, then you need to put in extra work outside of the studio. Mm. Um, You know, we don't want to hold you there until 1 a.m. in the morning, but at the same time, the team's looking like poo, you've you've got to keep training because it's it's your name on the background of that. Yeah. so, yeah, I would say attitude, personality, and effort. So, yeah, if, if you are not picking things up in the studio, by golly, you better be doing your own training. You've really got to buy into it. So I think we're both on the same page there. Lastly, how can we stay up to date with all things Katie at the moment? Where can we find you? And I actually have two Instagram accounts. So I have my personal one, which is Katie June, and my second Instagram account is choreography by Katie. So I have based that one around all things dance, choreography, positive inspiration, 
everything like that. All right. So get following guys. You are always super positive, so motivated, which I love about you because I think it's helped. Thank you. Helped you get to where you are now and achieve some really great things. So yeah, big fan over here. Thank you so much for spending your morning with me today to talk all things career and your journey. It's been a treat. I love, I love the journey because it's such a big thing. I went through it with you and I, I love the story. And it's definitely, you know, a story of determination, which will get you places. And that's, and you, you got there and you did it and it took a really long time. Yeah, it definitely, yeah, it definitely took a really long time. But like you said, you were there the whole process with me every step of the way. And um, I'm, you know, this already, but I am so eternally and forever grateful to you and for you um, because I've been working with you. Under, like under you and with you for a, a, a lot of years now but, but because of you I find that I know myself I'm motivated and determined but because of the way you run things it makes me want to do better so I I thank you for so much like oh, everything that you. you've taught me and everything that you've inspired me to want to do and everything that you've supported um yeah you're just you're a legend Jackie I love you oh thank you so lovely um well, let's wrap it up here. We will, we look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you yeah, so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Guys, that was Katie Manning. What a story. She has big things ahead of her. I'm so super proud, as you can already tell. So head over, follow her on Insta. Her pages are choreography by Katie and Katie June. That's all for me today. That was a long episode. So thanks for staying on board and listening to all of it. And if there's anyone else that you want to hear from, get in touch. Let me know. You can find us on social media at JLD Entertainment and myself at Jacqueline Lee Elliott. That's all for me. Thank you so much and talk to you soon. 